In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to continue our series on influential psychologists, therapists, psychoanalysts, a lot of terms for what we do, but we're going to continue our series on that, talking about um, Carl Rogers, and and it'll be interesting. You'll, 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 You'll be familiar with a lot of this stuff. Um, As usual, I'm giving away a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. We will be right there. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. Originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, he has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, people? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. It's good to be here. It is. Matt Fox is with me as usual. You know, I'm just in the background. That's all yep. I Hey, do. that's great. Just just <laughs> hang out in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, da, 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 like this in the background. What the <laughs> fuck is it with you? There you go. Uh, so I hope everybody's doing well. We are here in the uh, podcast Taylor Studios, uh, at least for the time being. Yes. Well, technically, I'm in Taylor. Matt, you're in what? I'm in um, I'm in Troy, Michigan. Yes. Oh, you're in Troy. Okay. Yes. So we're we're in the combination Taylor Troy Studios, the TNT Studios. The TNT. <laughs> it's dynamite. TNT. It's uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, where you can find me, my website, MotorCityHypnotist.com. Find all my good stuff on the website, including the podcast page with all of our episodes going back to number one. I think we are on number 82. Wow. Might be 83. I've learned a lot. I have learned a lot from, from That's you awesome. and this podcast. Yes. I, I have, too. I've learned how, how not to hook up a soundboard <laughs> numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't <laughs> shut me up. He puts oh, the lotion yes. in the back. No, no, that's not what I'm. That's not what we're talking about. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know the, the frustrating thing is is uh, we we had it perfect last time we recorded last week. Yeah, it's working Actually, fine. But and and I didn't. That the crazy thing is I didn't move anything. That that's right. that's crazy. So yeah, it actually sounds better this week. It does sound better this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Well, okay, I did something right then. That's good. Yep. Um. So again, my website, you can find me there. Um, my Facebook and YouTube social media links are uh, Motor City Hypnotist. Uh, both of those are, are on Facebook and YouTube. And Twitter and Instagram are both Motor City Hypno. And as usual, as I do every episode, I'm giving away a free hypnosis guide. This is just something I have out there just in case you wanted to learn more or have just kind of a, a, a one-page PDF just kind of explaining hypnosis, what it does, how it works myths and misconceptions, a lot of things in there that'll be helpful just to give you a basic understanding of what hypnosis is and what it does, and also what it doesn't do in in a lot of cases. So yeah, uh, take a look at that link and download that. That would be fantastic. And the most important thing is wherever you're listening, um, whatever podcast provider you, you prefer, wherever you're listening, if you could please subscribe 
and leave a review. That would be awesome and helpful for me. It gives me more exposure and helps me to uh, get more listeners, which is kind of the goal here. Because your listeners will appreciate it. They will. And if, uh, and you already appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you and if you do listen to the podcast, you know, share it with your friends, you know? Yeah, Say, that's hey, you, great. I mean, if, if you're something that's entertaining or you like or if you think it's helpful or educational, I mean, we, we cover a lot of and, – well, and here's the other thing I want to throw out there. If, 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 if we have any – I mean, I know we have a lot of regular listeners uh, that mm-hmm. check in. Mm-hmm. If there's something specific you want to hear me talk about, you know, hit me up on social media. Uh, let me know. Um, yeah. I can make a special show just for you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to like do therapy on air or anything, but don't, don't, don't be afraid of that. Dave, Dave, can you hypnotize me? What while in I'm places driving? are you talking about? Can you just do that while I'm driving? That'd be great. Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing is if, if, and, and I'll, I'll give you a warning, but um, if we ever do any kind of relaxation techniques or hypnosis inductions online. Yeah. Yeah. Not do not listen while you're driving. No, that's for sure. <laughs> I think we had one of those back a, a bit. Uh, it was a bit ago, but if you go back to that episode, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, wherever you're listening, please subscribe. That would be great. Perfect. It is time. Yahoo! That's how winning is done. All right, we're local again this time. Oh, nice! Another another Detroit area story. I I, I I I typically will get home and watch the news at eleven. I'll just watch eleven o'clock news, catch up on stuff, see what's going on. But two stories this week are from people who were local who just have done really cool things. So this okay. story comes from Harrison Township, and okay. and you guys out there in Harrison Township, uh, we hit Ferndale last episode. We had a Ferndale person, so that's cool. Maybe we'll get a Harrison Townsh- Township person in. No, we we started at Oakland in the last episode. Why? Let's go to Macomb County. What's going on? Yeah, in let's County? move it up. Let's move it out a little bit. Yeah. So, thirteen-year-old Sydney Bates, um, she raises money for a pet rescue. So the, the story goes, they and, and they they did a they did a story. I think it was on Fox News, um, Channel Two, which is Fox in our in our market. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was 10 year old, she took in a stray cat because she just felt, you know, motivated or obligated to take care of the stray cat because she didn't want it to get hurt or die or, or you know. Um, so what she did at age 10 is she started a lemonade stand to raise money for these these uh, stray animals, specifically cats, because that's what she gravitated to. Okay. Since then, she's moved on and done donation drives, collection boxes. And since the summer of 2017, she has raised almost just short of $11,000 for pet rescue and hand delivered hundreds of supplies to the All About Animals Rescue in Warren. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're talking about it from, from ages 10 to 13. She raised 11, almost $11,000 for animal rescue. That is fantastic. I, I just, I, I'm like the old man down the block. Sometimes I'm like, these damn kids. And, and, then you those, like this, yeah. and it's like, wow, that that's a, you know, I, I, who, I'll just admit it at 10 years old. I could care less about saving animals. I mean, I'm sure I was concerned for them, but. I think at 10, I was, uh, I was put, trying to put transformers together, breaking them and then eating the glue. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't even cross my mind to try and make some money. You know, right. wow. crazy. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So good. So Sydney Bates. Oh, so here's so so she did this. She was awarded this. Raised almost eleven thousand dollars. Donated all these supplies to All About Animals Rescue in Warren. Mm-hmm. But what happened was Harrison Township. Um, they created an award for her. She received the Harrison Township Hometown Hero Award. It's their first one ever. They made this award just for her. Oh, that's amazing. It will be an award going forward for other people in there in Harrison Township. Now, was it named after her or is it just the Hometown Hero? I don't know. I think it's it's just called, as far as I can tell in the story, the Harrison Township Hometown Hero Award. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. (laughs) <laughs> and to add to it, let, just to make us look even worse, Matt, um, her next project is to collect backpacks filled with supplies for the homeless. Good. Okay, That's her next project to work on. You know what? Keep it, we're going to keep an eye on your career with great interest. I, right? I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you were. And I'll shout out to all those who got that reference. <laughs> I won't ruin it for anyone, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one, Matt. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, da, 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 like this in the background. <laughs> what the fuck is it with you? Ah, g- g- great reference. Yeah. So anyway, to Sydney Bates. Young, young lady, good for you. I mean, way to, way to make the world a better place. Bam. That's how winning is done. Huh. It's crazy. Totally That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I, you know, I, I'm in my 50s, and I always feel like, geez, what, what have I done in my life? <laughs> When I hear these stories about these these teenagers who are who are you know that they're raising money for good causes and helping people and 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 working on the weekends to I don't know it's just like wow this is uh I mean that's great it's it's great to hear I'm I'm, I'm you know here I am but trying to go to hell you know so here I am trying to drink from the uh, you know the, from the hose connected to the house <laughs> and getting wrapped up in it at ten you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so today, folks, we're going to talk about Carl Rogers. Um, it's not Mister Rogers. Uh, it's not Fred Rogers. This this is, this guy's name's Carl. Carl, good to see you. <laughs> Carl, 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 Carl. Any any Walking Dead fans Why? out there have heard this name numerous times? Why? Oh my oh, God! Good for you, Carl. So Carl Rogers was a 20th century humanist psychologist. He was born in 1902 and died in 1987. So, so a fairly recent practitioner Mm -hmm. uh, as far as, as like uh, people with, with big approaches and big influences on the, on the world of psychology and therapy. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, he, he died in 87. Um, He was the founder of what we call person centered psychotherapy. And I'll get into a little bit of that as we go on with, with his, his bio here. Okay. Um, so Rogers, long story short, Rogers was born in, in Chicago, actually, Oak Park, at, a suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and we, he was raised in the strict religious environment. Sounds like a bad movie or it sounds like one of those TV movies where, you know, you got to break out at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll. No, no, <laughs> don't shut me up. 
get in the car. We're going to church. Um, <laughs> so he originally planned to study this. This is kind of it's, it's so funny where people end up from what their intentions were in life. So he planned on studying agriculture at the University of Wisconsin uh, with an undergraduate focus on history and religion. So in school, his interest shifted away from that and toward, more towards away from agriculture and more towards religion. So after receiving his bachelor's degree in 24, 1924, he entered a liberal Protestant seminary in New York. And, and he, he got a lot of backlash from his very conservative father. Um, so Rogers spent two years in seminary before transferring to Columbia University Teachers College, where he worked, where he received his master's degree in 1928 and a PhD in clinical counseling in 31. So he was 29 years old when he got his PhD. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, and it just shows, you know, he, he started out in agriculture, went towards religion and towards teaching and ends up in psychology. Yeah. And, you, and you'll see why this is, this is important that I included that because of his approach and how he does things. So he, he started his career in 1930 as the director of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. Okay. which very admirable at that age. Yes. Um, he also lectured at the University of Rochester. Um, he published his first book, The Clinical Treatment of the Problem Child, in 1939, wow. and then accepted a position as professor of psychology at Ohio State University. Huh. Unfortunate for those in Michigan. Wow. Love you, yeah. Ohio people. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you know that little battle we have. A little uh, bit. A little bit. So, um, so, Rogers published his views on, on psychotherapy and therapy in general in Counseling and Psychotherapy, a journal in 1942. And he, his approach to it was that people could gain awareness um, necessary to make, to make changes or transform their own lives by developing a respectful, non-judgmental, and accepting relationship with a therapist. Hmm. So, if I put it this way, where we looked, we talked about Adler last episode and about his approach was that people are, 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 are uh, uh, they're always trying to, to grow out of that, that self-doubt or that self, uh, um, that inferiority, uh, inferiority. Please. I couldn't think of the word, Matt. Thanks. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a drew a blank there. Yeah, I'm here like a chicken. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Adler's approach was, it was inferiority. You're always trying to get over that. And, and then, um, Freud's approach, of course, is everything's based on your your animal instincts, and yeah. uh, but th this is, I think, this is the and the why the way the reason Rogers' theory has gone on is because this is the this is the first one that was that was kind of like I, I'm not I'm not above you I'm I'm not a I'm not here to uh, give you all the answers and make you do what you're supposed to do and tell you everything that's supposed to happen. Rogers believed that the relationship was more important than what was being done or what was being said. Hmm. So he embraced the idea of Maslow. If you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that people have basic needs and, and, and that's, this need is just to be accepted and, and to be uh, appreciated and, and not to be, not to be judged for who they are, or what they believe. Hmm. So, he embraced that idea and believed that personal growth was dependent on this relationship between therapist and client. Okay. 
So, so for Roger's approach, let's say that that you went to see a therapist for an. I'll, I'll just throw a made up example out there. Say you went to see a therapist, and that therapist was one of these, uh, um, like hard asses. You know, they're like, oh, nope, that's wrong. You need, you can't do that. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to do this. And sometimes people might feel like they need that push or that direction. But for Rogers, he said, well, no, we should be trying to connect with the client, trying to connect with with the patient. I don't call them patients. They did in, in, in Rogers' time back a ways. But um, to try to connect with them and make a connection, a human connection with them, like being respectful and non-judgmental, and, and just having that, that great uh, connection with someone. Mm-hmm. He believed that that would be the ultimate uh, way to help somebody get better. And it was it was named client-centered therapy for a long time, and it later was renamed person-centered therapy. You know, it's in order to really help somebody and understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. and, and their thoughts and opinions, you have to lay some type of a foundation. Right. You no, know, and that's that you, you and use the word rapport, right? You have to build right. rapport with that individual mm-hmm. so they trust you to then, for lack of a better term, spill their guts, right? Right. So you have to you have to have that that respect. You know, I totally see where Rogers is coming from on that. Right. Totally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and just to have that that human to human connection mm-hmm. is is what you know that that non judgmental accepting uh, right. connection. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing because as his person centered therapy his, his approach to it grew, and and I can say this from experience because I was I was in school just after he passed away. In fact, I was in college the year he passed away, and then went on to grad school after that. Hmm. So even at that time, although his 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 theory and the practice was was well in use, uh, a lot of clinicians kind of balked at it because they said, "Well, we're not here to be friends with clients. We're here to help them get. We're here. We're here to get them to where they need to be." And you don't need to be friends to still have a have a rapport and be and, able and, to. And trust that was them. and that's the argument that that would come back again. Yeah. Some of the hardline clinicians, the, the very psychoanalytic types, would be like, "Well, no, we the, the relationship doesn't matter at all. It's, yes, it's it does. a process." Yeah. And and they they kind of dismissed this as being what well, well, for lack of a better term, lazy therapy because mm. the therapist doesn't have to work. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Right. And and they would say, well, if you're person centered, you really don't have to do anything except just sit and talk. And and it is there's more involved with that because again he, he the, the goal is you're trying to make a connection so you can make make deeper changes. Right. Um. So Rogers wrote one of his most famous books on becoming a person. And again, his approach was that people have their own resources for healing and personal growth. So he introduced concepts of congruence, empathetic understanding, accept, acceptance, unconditional positive regard, and thought that these approaches are going to help enhance the outcome for clients. Um, and and he, he encouraged at the time when, when, he was, when he was working with his other, other therapists, he would encourage them to demonstrate these aspects to help the client gain insight, recognize feelings, express self-concept, mm-hmm. uh, and achieve self-acceptance. You, said, you just said something, un- unconditional positive regard. Help me understand yep. that a little bit more. See, it, it, yes, it, it's, it's so, so it's, it's regarding somebody as a person without judging who they are. Now, there, there's a line, though. There, there's a line that you can probably cross because I, I've seen clients, and, and I've been in practice almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. 
And I've seen clients who've been violent towards other people or have done, um, you know, probably just not good things that, that I, I would say probably sometimes just not good people mm-hmm. um, okay. because that's going to happen. I mean, if you see hundreds of clients a year over 30 years and once in a while, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get an um, apple. Yeah. I have a colleague of mine who actually wrote a book, very specific niche, but it happens counseling people who have killed other people. Oh. Wow. And, and, um, as far as the clinicians go, that his that book went to, did pretty well for him because that 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 again that's a very very drilled down niche there. But um, mm-hmm. but you're right. It it's it's that that um, um, just it, accepting people for being people, right? For who they and, are. And honestly, not, the and way the way I doing. would view it personally is that, and and I say this. I'll say this to every new client. Ask any of my clients, and I'm 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 positive I've said it to them. At least ninety nine percent of them. <laughs> First session when we're when we're when I'm introducing myself and we're talking, and and I always want to get past that stigma of mental health. I was going to get past and just make a connection with them and say, listen, you don't have to be ashamed to do this. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel like somehow you're miswired in some way. Mm-hmm. And I say everybody's screwed up. It's just a matter of of the people who take action to, to, to fix it because no, nobody comes out. Everybody has an issue or everybody has issues. Everybody has things they can work on. Mm-hmm. So the whole, the, the whole approach of the client center thing is just to recognize the person as they are, have that unconditional acceptance to a certain extent, of course, and, and just connect with them and, and, and guide them through the things that they want to do. Gotcha. Now there, there is a, there is a, there is a point though that, Client centered. Sometimes you have to you you have to you have to be assertive as a therapist because I've had clients who you know we have a good connection, we have a good relationship as far as that the therapy client relationship, but then they're very resistant to do things. And and I'll say you know what I we talked about this a couple times and you haven't followed through on this. What's you know we we have to get to to why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are times where you you can't just be accepting of everything because at some point you got to push people. Some people need to be pushed. Not all. I'd say, I'd say challenge. You know, challenge you know, is yeah. challenge is a good word. Yeah, yeah. challenge them to do it. And yeah, if they absolutely. don't, let's understand why it hasn't happened yet, and what's holding them back. Yeah, because something right. is blocking them. There, there's mm-hmm. something that's causing that that resistance to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Roger's whole approach to client centered is self actualization. That that's the ultimate goal of Roger's approach in therapy. Hmm. And I'll give you the the seven traits of what it means to be self-actualized Go for and, it. and the way Rogers viewed it is this is a fully, um, a fully functional person is the way he would put it. Okay. So the first one is openness to experience and an abandonment of defensiveness. So an openness to experience and an abandonment of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Number two, an exit, <laughs> an existential lifestyle that emphasizes living in the moment without distorting it. I know that's a mouthful there. (laughs) What I heard was don't use your credit cards for (laughs) spur of the moment purchases. That's what I just heard. (laughs) An existential lifestyle that emphasizes living in the moment without destroying it. And do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. 
fucking thing sucks. Yeah, that's quite a read there. I had to go ahead quite a quite a mouthful. <laughs> uh, number three, which sounds which is a very basic one, trust oneself. Trust in oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, four, the ability to freely make choices. Fully functioning people take responsibility for their own choices and are highly self-directed. Hmm. So feel free to just make your own choices. Right. And and, and not it. blame others for your own choices. That mm-hmm. that's that's the big catch in that one, the second part of it. Five is, is really something that, that I talk about a lot in therapy, a life of creativity and adaptation, including an abandonment of conformity. Repeat that. A life of creativity and adaptation, including an abandonment of conformity. Okay. So I'm, I'll break it down in simple terms. Be creative, be yourself, and don't conform. Okay. I mean, really, that's what it says, because a lot of people will modify behaviors and and interactions based Mm -hmm. on what others' expectations are, Mm -hmm. rather than just recognizing their own selves and and not not conforming just for conformity's sake. Hmm. Okay. Number six, the ability to behave reliably and make constructive choices. And I think the re- that reliable is a great one because a lot of people yeah. can put it this way. A lot of people can, can go along, things are going great, and they run into an issue, and then all of a sudden things just kind of self-destruct or break down. Mm-hmm. And th- it, it's, it's behaving reliably, which means it's a consistent behavior and to make constructive choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then number seven, well, this, th- this sounds very idealistic, but I'll read what his number seven is. A full, rich life that involves the full spectrum of human emotions. Love, loss, love, loss, anger, sadness. I I mean, yeah, because if if you, and boy, I say this to clients all the time, if you're feeling a certain way, you just experience it. Don't, don't try to fight it. You, 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 and, and I'm not saying for those of you who are, who are sad to the point of being depressed or, or in any way having self-harm thoughts mm-hmm. that you shouldn't do something. But, but a lot of times we, we, we avoid those negative emotions. We avoid the things that, that just don't feel good and, and we fight those off and then it ends up causing anxiety and tension and stress. And especially for those folks that, that might be overly analytical, they'll, they'll just yep. they'll dive so deep into the yep. why and how, because, and, you know, just try to experience it for what it is. And yep. don't try to really, you know, put yourself into anxiety over trying to understand the why it just, it ha- life happens, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes back to number two on Roger's list of self actualizations. Uh, emphasizing living in the moment without distorting it mm-hmm. you know and that that's that's this whole mindfulness training that i that i work with a lot of clients on it's like you know just focus on right now right this moment that that's all you have that's the only thing that exists because whatever's done is done and whatever is in the future hasn't happened yet so yeah. right, right, right. You live in the moment and and be mindful of your moments that that you're it, it, we, we miss so much i think and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not preaching because i do, we all do the same thing we get involved with worries about the past and worries about the future. And most often we're missing what, what's going on right now in front of us. Mm-hmm. And, and that really is a, a, it's just a recipe for stress and anxiety and just feeling bad. You're not wrong. Cause right. every, like you said earlier, everybody has issues, right? Yes. Everybody <laughs> screwed up. Everybody has something they can work on. 
and I, I, I'm serious. I, I think I've said it. I, I probably not a hundred percent, but I know the 99% of the clients I've seen over 30 years. Sure. So that folks is Carl Rogers and person centered therapy. So now for those of you who are seeing a therapist or even considering seeing a therapist, you're, you're probably not going to get somebody who's totally one approach. It, it mm-hmm. just doesn't exist. I mean, we're, I think we're all, all eclectic. We all use things from different therapists, mm-hmm. from different approaches, from different views. Um, but, but I think it is important as far as Rogers goes that, that you do find somebody that has that respectful, non-judgmental acceptance of you as a client. Because mm-hmm. I do know, and I've seen it, I've been doing this a long enough time. I've seen some therapists who just will face to face just look down on a client and and just have this um, this judgment towards them hmm. because they need help and and that that's just not gonna that, that that's not a healthy relationship. One, one, it's not a healthy normal relationship, and it definitely is not a healthy relationship between therapist and client. Right. Correct. That right. client right. is just gonna feel like, well, geez, I'm you know, wow, well, I'm really screwed up. Do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, everybody's screwed up. So, mm-hmm. so as far as your therapist and, and if you ever feel like that you're not being respected or that you're being judged, I, I always recommend, here's the thing. You, you, you as a client have a choice. You have a choice to say, you know what? I don't, I don't really like this therapist. That's okay. You, you have the right to say that and to, to ask for somebody different or to go somewhere else. Right. Um, or if, if you're able to, I always say, you know, maybe it's something you just have a conversation about. Even say to your therapist, you know, I feel like you're, um, I, I feel like some way you're judging me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think if you don't get past that, that block, it, it's not going to be a good working relationship anyway. Right. And I know right. that's very difficult for a lot of people, especially clients, because of that, that, that um, the power differential, it seems that one is the professional and one's a client, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. You, you, you still owe it to yourself to be able to address that and say, well, what, you know, why? Why do you? Uh, I feel like you're judging me, and and to to address it so they can get past it. And if you can't, then definitely you have the right to see someone else. Fair. Because as as we say for person centered therapy, look for respect, non being non judgmental and accepting, mm-hmm. and in in that client therapist relationship. Cool. Thank you. That is Carl Rogers, folks, and person centered therapy. I, you know, because I was. Because he lived in my lifetime and was right at the tail or right at the beginning of my my grad career when he passed away, I still want to call it client-centered therapy. <laughs> and it's changed for a while. And, and, and there was there's another interesting one, um, Albert Ellis's approach. And we'll we'll, might, we'll talk about him later on because I, I like his approach. I use a lot of his techniques. Okay. His used to be rationally motive therapy, but now it changed to rationally motive behavioral therapy. And huh. I'd never get to be in there because. I actually saw him in person back in the early '90s, and it was still R, RET at the time. Gotcha. Sorry, folks, I'm way off on on technical tangent. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll explain when it comes. The fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's crazy. You're just, you're just crazy. Call it's called teasing the next episode, Dave. That's all. It yeah, is. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just never know what's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, folks. With client-centered therapy with Carl Rogers and. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue on. Uh, look for us next week at the same time. If you're looking for us on Facebook Live, we record on Fridays at from 5 to 6. And if you're listening on the audio on a podcast platform, jump ahead to the next episode or back to the prior one. 
And uh, please, if you're doing that, uh, just subscribe and leave a review. I'll just leave that on the end as well. Perfect. All right, folks, change your thinking, change your life. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I will see you next time.